Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of my Cancer Story podcast. My name is Jess Nelson, and I am your host. It is the second week in February, the second Monday to be exact. Last week, you heard Karin's story with papillary thyroid cancer. And today, this week, you are going to hear another thyroid cancer story. You may be asking, just why do you back-to-back thyroid cancer stories? Well, the 5th, February 5th, was my official cancerversary. It had been exactly a year since I had my thyroidectomy. Um, as my friend Jen would like to say it, I got that throat gremlin out of there. So I wanted to celebrate by doing um, posts or two episodes um, that outlined thyroid cancer. And I'm going to also do some more posts regarding how to check your neck and everything like that. I know September is Thyroid Cancer Awareness Month, but February has a special place in my heart just due to my experience. So I want to celebrate by doing two episodes that surround February 5th to talk about thyroid cancer and their experiences. So that being said, today you are going to meet Becca. She is a thyroid cancer survivor. Also, she is going to be telling a little bit of her father's story. She had papillary thyroid cancer. Her father was diagnosed a year prior to her diagnosis with metastatic papillary thyroid cancer. So it's a very interesting story. She also talks about her experience with dealing with a cancer diagnosis during a pandemic. So her story is really interesting. And I'm also really excited to be speaking with her because I feel like our our lives kind of overlap a little bit. She also is an athletic trainer, certified athletic trainer. Um, my, in my past life, I have my background is in sports medicine. And I practiced as an athletic trainer for several years. So it was really fun to meet another currently practicing athletic trainer. Uh, she works down at the University of Florida, but it's interesting. She is also from Michigan. So it's just really fun to speak with a fellow Michigander, fellow athletic trainer, and fellow thyroid cancer survivor. I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah. But yeah, I was I was really excited to see that you're A had the same kind of cancer as I did, but also an athletic trainer. So it's just it'll, it'll just be really fun to chat yeah. about it. I'm excited. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to chat with you and to to share your experience, especially um dealing with cancer during a pandemic. So I'm really looking forward to hearing your story. So uh, I guess I'll just have you take it away from here and then we'll just kind of chat going okay. forward. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, yeah. thank you for having me. Very yeah, excited to talk here. to you. Yeah. Um, so background to my background, my dad got diagnosed with metastatic papillary thyroid cancer in December of 2018. Um, he had first found like a pretty large mass on the back of his right side and it was pushed up against a kidney and thought it was kidney cancer. And then with the testing and diagnostic things, they found out it was thyroid cancer that had traveled to lots of weird places. Mm -hmm. So he got a full thyroidectomy and in a separate surgery, he got that mass taken out and he also had to a whole rib taken out with like how that mass was tangled around a rib. Wow. So that was pretty crazy. And just with how it had traveled all over his body, he got the radioactive iodine treatment, which I can talk about later because I did that as well. Mm -hmm. And so I already had like a pretty good understanding of it. And I already knew that it was like, (laughs) we'll talk about that too, but the good cancer. Oh yeah. (laughs) And so I had a good idea of it before I got into my uh, cancer. Mm-hmm. But last fall, it was like September of 2019. And I noticed that my neck had a weird looking lump on it. I thought it was kind of strange. And I had just moved to Gainesville a few months ago and I hadn't found a primary care doctor yet. So I was like, I should probably find one. And when I'm there, I can ask her about it. Mm-hmm. So I just found a doctor through my insurance and went in and just got a physical because it had been a while. And I showed her my neck and I was like, does this look strange? My dad has a history and she didn't look at me. She didn't evaluate me. And she was like, oh, well, since you have a family history, I'll just refer you to a cancer center in town. And I guess she recommended genetic testing. Oh, okay. So of course, referral to a specialist takes a long time if there's no urgency, which she didn't think there was because she didn't really look at me or anything. Hmm. So probably got in like a month and a half later with them and 
ahead of the appointment, they had asked me for everything I had in my dad's. So I sent them all of my dad's reports and everything like that. And went in for the appointment, paid my copay, went in the room and someone came in and was like, you don't need to be here. That's not a genetic type of cancer. You're good. I don't know why this appointment was scheduled. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went to two different doctors. Okay. Again, no one looked at me, no one ordered anything. And I was like, I'm crazy. I'm just like, have it in my head that my dad had it. So I'm just like looking for something and I felt fine. I didn't have any kind of symptoms of anything. So I was like, all right. And I just kind of pushed it off to the side and then got into season for me, which is busy. I'm an athletic trainer. So it was tennis season and just kind of running all over the place, working crazy hours and didn't really think about it for a while. Yeah. And then COVID shut everything down. Our season ended. I was working like once a week, all the athletic trainers were just taking one small shift in the athletic training room a week. We were, weren't seeing patients much. We were trying to do everything virtually mm-hmm. telehealth via Zoom for our rehabs and whatnot. So I looked in the mirror when I was brushing my teeth one day and I was like, that looks huge. I don't know how I didn't notice it prior. I don't know if like life was too crazy, but I was like looking at it and I'm like looking up and I'm like, I don't think it looks like that in the fall. I think it's much bigger. So when I was at my shift in the athletic training room that week, one of our team physicians was working out of her little clinic in the athletic training room as well. And I really hate asking our doctors for anything. Like they're not my, (laughs) they're not my doctor. They're there for our team. They're not for me, but it was slow. We have a really good relationship. She works with my women's tennis team. And so I just went in there and I was like, I'm sorry, I hate to do this, but can you look at my neck? Like, does this look weird to you? And I kind of just pulled on my collar and I show her and she was like, your thyroid is huge. And so she gets me set up for an appointment with her at her clinic, uh, the student health center Mm -hmm. and does like a full eval, takes a full history, starts measuring, does everything that I think a primary care doctor should do when you come to them with that. Yeah. yeah. Typically they should look at you and feel you just yes. no matter what. Yeah. I know it took, didn't take that long. I don't know yeah. why the original doctor in the fall didn't. Yeah. And she was like that you have a huge goiter. And she went yeah. through some of the things she said, like maybe Hashimoto's, maybe Graves. And she immediately ordered labs for me, which I got there at student health, like on the spot. Mm-hmm. And also just by the size of it, ordered ultrasound and mm-hmm. she's amazing. And she got me in the next morning at the hospital. Wow. So that was yeah, it was fantastic. And I think they were slow because they weren't really taking non-urgent appointments with COVID. Mm-hmm. And I got the ultrasound the next morning. And by that time, a lot of the labs that came back mm-hmm. and they were like negative for Hashimoto's and Graves antibodies. And I was like, that's not good. That was like the more common one she was talking about. Yeah. And when that was fine, I was like, oh no. <laughs> Were the other, like everything else, did it like your uh, thyroid stimulating hormone? Was everything else fairly normal? Yeah. My TSH was in the normal range. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything looked fine. So I was like, that's not good. Mm -hmm. So I got the ultrasound and they also decided to biopsy when I was there. I guess the ultrasound looked weird. Yeah. So the ultrasound results came back like two hours later into my, my chart. So Mm -hmm. I could see it. Yeah. And by this point, It'd only been like 24 hours, but I'd already done a very good amount of Googling, which we're not supposed to do. I was Number one tip, don't Google. No, <laughs> but, but yeah, you can't every... help it. I know. I know. But it's so funny. Everybody says that. They're like, don't Google it. Don't go online. But we all do it. So I, <laughs> I, I laughed because I was like, yep, yeah. <laughs> standard. So my uh, uh, ultrasound results showed that I had this huge nodule on my right. And there's this thyroid nodule classification um, system that I found. And mine were rated as TR5. And it goes from TR1 to TR5. TR1 is like, that's benign. And then it goes all the way up to like mildly, moderately, like, and the TR5 was highly suspicious for Mm -hmm. malignancy based Mm -hmm. on like if it's solid versus cystic or if it's wider than tall and those kind of things. And just they can't diagnose off an ultrasound, but it was very highly suspicious. And I was like, Oh, okay. Good. (laughs) And so I had a few days to like, kind of let that sink in and be like, okay, this could be cancer, but if it is my dad's doing well, he's okay. Like it'll be fine. And then 
So I originally told my team physician on Tuesday and Friday, she called me with the biopsy results and said it was consistent with papillary thyroid carcinoma. So uh, that was just weird to hear her say out loud, like I already had a feeling, but just to actually hear it out loud for the first time that I, like, it's just weird because we're young, we're healthy, we're, I felt, I had no symptoms of anything. I felt completely normal. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> like, yeah. Did you have symptoms? Did you? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't attribute it to, cause I also have PCOS. Okay. So I was like attributed them to PCOS, but like mm-hmm. kind of looking back, I'm like, mm, it may have been like a thyroid cancer s- symptom, but I, I'm yeah. not sure to me, I felt fine. I guess. I, I don't know if you feel the same way. I, I guess I didn't I didn't know I felt as so bad until I felt good. Exactly. So, um, to me, no, no symptoms. Yeah. yeah. Same. But I'm, I'm totally with you on the, you know, like the ultrasound, it looks ugly. It's consistent with like, mine was like rated like that five as well mm-hmm. on the ultrasound, even my endocrinologist, before I got the biopsy, I had like a biopsy a week after they received my ultrasound. And he was just like, I've seen enough cancer to know I'm, I, I'm going to just say 90% sure it's cancer. So I kind of already knew coming into cancer diagnosis that I was going to be there, but still like hearing it out loud for sure. This is your diagnosis. It just Mm kind of hits a little bit harder. So I'm sure you probably felt that same way. You're like, oh shit. Okay. So this is real. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think I cried. Mm. I think late there was crying later, but I don't think I cried that day. It was like, Okay. I need to tell my parents and they're going to, my dad's not going to freak out because he's like cool, calm and collected. And I love my mom dearly, but she was going to freak out. And I was like, (laughs) how do I do this? So I had texted my sister all week with like what was going on. And I was like, so it's cancer. What do I do? And she's like, you should probably uh, FaceTime them. (laughs) And so I called my dad and I was hoping it was just going to be him at first, but both of my parents were there and I told them and my dad was like, it's all right. Like, we're good. We got this. You and me, we, yeah. we got it together. And my mom did not take it as well. <laughs> was just super upset. Um, I think she had a hard time watching my dad go through it. Mm-hmm. I think honestly, it's harder for maybe the, it's really hard for the people around us to deal yeah. with it, mm-hmm. even though like, and you know, it's annoying when people say it's the good kind of cancer, but I was trying to make everyone feel better by saying that it was the good kind Me of cancer. Too. I'm like, it's no big deal. It'll be fine. Yeah. I almost just kind of like brushed it off too. It's fine. Yeah. It's a good cancer. It's the cancer you want. I know. Terrible. But it bugs me when oh, yeah. people say that, but yeah. I was using it to be like, yeah. everything's going to be just yeah. fine. Yeah. Great prognosis. Like it's not a big deal. They're going to get it out. We're going to be good to go. Yeah. So my sister had just, she was working like three part-time jobs when COVID hit and then didn't have any of them. So she had just graduated from college yeah. and she was like, do you need me there? And I was like, no, I'm good. She was in Michigan. And she's okay. like, I think you need me there. And she hopped in her car and drove 15 hours South and stayed with me for a month. So that was amazing. She just kept me like distracted and it was, uh, she was incredible. It's good to have that support system for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was amazing. So when the team physician told me uh, papillary thyroid carcinoma, she said, I'm referring you to an ENT surgeon. Um, she'll evaluate and look at your scans and everything, but you probably need at least part of your thyroid out. Mm-hmm. And I saw her virtually and she was like, oh no, it's all, it's all got to come by the size of the nodules and the family mm-hmm. history and like how bad those look. We just need to take the whole thyroid out. But <laughs> this was right when COVID hit. Oh. And so she's like, yes, you have this cancerous gland. Yes, it needs to come out. That is not considered an essential surgery right now. <laughs> so when you had- text me that I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, you have cancer, but it's not essential. Okay. Yeah, don't worry. It'll be fine. Oh God. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. (laughs) So she said whenever they Florida entered phase one of reopening in the hospitals, then she would get me on the schedule. So I was like, okay. So I just found out I had cancer and now I'm just going to sit with it and think about it and just 
like obviously it's slow growing but I was like I don't I just want to get this going I want this yeah I want it out so just kind of hung out for a couple weeks and I think about a week and a half after that initial appointment with her she called me and said hey you free Monday because they just got word that the following Monday was going to be phase one of reopening and they could resume non-essential surgeries. Mm-hmm. And I was like, absolutely. So I had all of the pre-op, like the chest x-ray and the labs and the EKG to make sure everything was fine, a COVID mm-hmm. test. And I went in for surgery the next Monday. What was the date? Uh, May 4th. May 4th. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the ultrasound was April 8th. So less than a month later, Okay. I had my thyroidectomy wow. and they told Luke came with me. You can only have one person. My fiance, Luke came with me. We can only have one person in the hospital during that. That's good. And yeah, I'm glad that I know a lot of people did not have that. So I was really lucky. Yeah. Out here in California, nobody is allowed to go in with you. Yeah. Did you have yours before COVID? I I snuck in under the wire uh, February 5th. Oh my gosh. I could not have gotten any luckier. Yeah. 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 So he was with me and they told him like an hour and a half into our surgery, we'll come get you when it's done. And I guess it took like four and a half hours. <laughs> Just Damn. It was really big. It was kind of like weirdly, the tumors were weirdly shaped and they just kind of had a hard time getting everything out. Mm-hmm. And was then it they one cancerous them. nodule or were there a couple cancerous ones? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, you're good. There was a bunch, but the one they said was baseball size. I don't know the actual measurements. Oh, I was going to ask the measurement because I saw a picture on your Instagram and it looked ginormous. It was big. Like, I don't know how I didn't notice beforehand. That same thing happened with me. I was like, oh, I guess it was just always there. Yeah. I just thought that was how my neck looked. I think. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I know we have them. I just don't show. Maybe it's just, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So it took a very long time. Uh, longer than anticipated. So he was a little anxious, but yeah. it went really well. Um, I had to stay overnight just to monitor the calcium levels because I guess the parathyroid glands can get stunned and mm. calcium can drop, which is dangerous. So they just want to monitor you and make sure that that's okay. So I stayed one night and did you have a drain in after no, your surgery? I was pretty lucky. Yeah. Your, your incision looked bigger than mine. Yeah. Obviously pr- probably because your the size <laughs> was larger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did they, did they take a picture or anything of it? No, they didn't. I asked I them to seen take it. a picture. Cause I was like, I want to see you? that picture. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually have it here. Cause I want to show you. It looks like the golden. Oh snake. my gosh. Mine was like right in the middle. Um, that's not what it looks like when a normal thyroid on Google. Yeah. <laughs> no, it does not. But wow. my, 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 my surgeon did such a good job. He scooped it all out. Like that was like That's basically amazing. one scoop. And like my thyroid globulins after that were so low, like he did such a good job. He only took like eight lymph nodes and one parathyroid, I believe. Wow. Okay. But yeah. What about you? Did they get like a bunch of the surrounding lymph nodes as well? They sampled the parathyroids and I got an, a CT scan before my surgery mm. and it said all the lymph nodes looked good. Oh, that's um, good. So they just took a couple. They weren't worried about a lot of them. Okay. And those were all good. They biopsied those after and those were fine. Oh, that's great. Um, but yeah, I had a drain in and that was the most uncomfortable, awful thing. It was just painful. It pulled and it was weird. Um, I got sent home with the drain too. So I had to, I had to like take all the fluid out myself and collect it. And when it stopped, producing so many milliliters in a day then I could come back and get it. So I came back yeah. three days later mm-hmm. and I don't know what happened. It's supposed to just like slide out, but it wouldn't just slide out. And they had to numb me up and kind of cut more to get oh, the drain really? out. So I think that scar looks worse than the actual thyroid scar. I don't know yeah, if, let me see. Oh, that's where that's, the drain was. that's the drain and the wow. thyroid can barely even. Yeah. You can hardly see, see the scar. Looks, yeah. yeah, that looks really good. Yeah, yours looks really good too. I was okay. Oh my gosh, I um, I took I take like the that little edge tool, like little yeah, like a little grass in, yeah. (laughs) And then I have like a little gua sha tool, so like I'll just sit there like with my mederma, and just go to town on it. 
But yeah, like, if you hit it just right, like you like choke yourself, you're like, oh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, for me, it wasn't a huge deal to have a scar, but I was just like, I might as well just throw some scar cream on it and it's healing. Well, so that's, yeah, that's looks really good. good. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So, um, you had the full thing removed and you had the drain in for three days. Is mm-hmm. your fiance also an athletic trainer or no? No, he's no. a manager at Discount Tire. So okay. like everything medical, he <laughs> I was, was wondering because a lot of, you know, a lot of athletic trainers tend to like yeah. each other, which is so funny. But um, I was like thinking maybe he could help you with the drain because that even as an athletic trainer, that sounds like really yucky to deal with. Oh yeah. No, anything medical. He was way overwhelmed. He's like no. more overwhelmed than <laughs> I was because like, we like, we hear the language all the time Yeah, and I'd be like talking to him. He's like, wait, what's that? Is that bad? Is that okay? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and just <laughs> terminology. So, yeah, no, he was not, he's squeamish. He would not help me with my drink. <laughs> he did a lot for me, but he was not going to help me with that. <laughs> Understandable. Totally get it. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, after the drink came out, I started to feel a lot better pretty quickly. Um, I got labs probably two or three weeks later mm-hmm. and the thyroglobulin was still pretty high. Okay. So what, the tumor markers, ask, do you mind me asking what it was? Four point something. Okay. Yeah. And they wanted okay. it under one. Yeah. So they wanted to do radioactive iodine. Mm-hmm. So just to explain that a little, that is the thyroid gland and thyroid cells uptake iodine more than anything else in the body. So they use this radioactive iodine pill. My dad had a drink, I had a pill Mm. and you take it and it can kill any remaining thyroid cells in the body. And so I had to prepare for that and do a two week iodine free diet, um, get some thyroid injections prior to the pill. And then I took this little pill and it's, did you have to do radioactive iodine? I was super lucky. Okay. So it's really funny because (laughs) You have to like sign off on all these papers because it's like this dangerous radioactive thing. I had to go to the special section of the hospital. I had, and when they brought it in, it's like this guy in this hazmat type gear and he's carrying like this steel case and he opens that up. And then there's like the steel small like pill bottle and they open that up and he has gloves on mm-hmm. and he takes the pill out with the gloves and he puts it in a cup and he gives it to me. And I'm like, okay, so you want me to put this in my body when you're yeah. okay. <laughs> you're really freaking out about this pill and you want me to swallow this. Yeah. Oh and God. then in, it's in a cup. So instinctively, I just went to grab it and pop it in my mouth. And when I like grabbed it with my hands, they're like, no, 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 just use the cup. Don't touch it. And I'm like, don't touch it, but you want me to swallow it. <laughs> it's a- Okay. <laughs> I know. So I took the pill and like kicked me out of the hospital as fast as possible. Yeah. And then I had to stay isolated in my bedroom for three days. My fiance couldn't come in. I couldn't be around my dog. Um, just because you're the giving hard part. I know. Because <laughs> I guess I was giving off dangerous lo- levels of radiation for a couple of days. Yeah. Well, so it was just, like only three days. Yeah. Yeah. My dad had a higher dose than I did. So I think he was isolated for a week and couldn't sleep in the same bed as my mom for like 20 some days. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Well, his is metastatic. So I guess that makes sense. He had a higher yeah. dosage and a little bit mm-hmm. more severe. Yeah. Damn. Well, um, what, did you have any, any symptoms from the radioactive iodine or was it just fairly easy? Have you noticed anything since then, like as a result from it? Um, I was nauseous for about a week. But that was it. There was some things about my dad, like lost his taste for a while or had like a weird metallic taste. Um, I didn't have any of that. I was just kind of sick throughout the little isolation period. Mm-hmm. And then I was okay. But I guess I didn't notice for a couple of weeks. But then I started just feeling super crappy all around, like super fatigued. I could not get enough sleep. I would sleep all day and just still be exhausted Mm -hmm. and just generally felt like absolute shit. Like I had to call my doctor and I was like, I don't know what's wrong. Like if I feel like this for the rest of my life, I'm going to lose my mind. And my TSH was previously before surgery at 1.6 and it was at a 5.9. Okay. So super hypothyroid um, compared to my normal self. So I got on a higher dose of the Levo and felt better within days. 
Yeah. I was going to ask you how long it took for for you to play around with your dosage as far I've, as. Yeah, I was on 125 originally and then they bumped me up to 137 and so much better. That's like perfect. That got That's me back down to the same TSH that I was at before surgery, like within yeah. 0.1. So yeah, it wasn't that difficult. They had to bump me up twice. So they started me, but you know, they based it off your weight. Yeah. They started me off at one. 112 and mm-hmm. my, my TSH was just still so high. And they bought me up to 125, still ridiculously high. And then 137, it's been pretty consistent, consistently low. And then my thyroid globulin, I, I don't know how I got so lucky. It was, it was under, it was the first time I did blood work. It was 0.5 and the second time 0.5 and they've been dropped since then. So that's great. Yeah. My endocrinologist like, there no, there's like no, no reason that tumor should come back or anything like that. No, no re- so reoccurrence good. of cancer. Yeah. It's really, it, it gives you a little bit of, um, a peace of mind, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though like, I don't know, I'll, I'll ask you since, since having cancer, um, has it, how has it changed the way that you're in tune with your body? Like, do you have a little PTSD? Have you gotten to get a scan since then? I've gotten uh, ultrasound. So my, first post thyroidectomy ultrasound is supposed to be this Friday and I have to change it because I'm traveling for work. So I have yeah. to bump it back. The life I've already of, been, of an athletic trainer. <laughs> yeah. So I've already been anxious about that and I have to push mm-hmm. it off even more. Yeah. Um, but I haven't had any like major scans like that since. Mm-hmm. Have you? Have you had yeah, anything? I, I did remember when the follow-up one was, but it was during COVID. So it was kind of crazy going in by myself. Like my husband really wanted to be able to be there mm-hmm. for supportive and everything like that, but definitely had a little PTSD because I think it was in the same room that I had my initial ultrasound. Horrible. <laughs> like, uh, I was like, yep, they're going to find some. Yep. 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 Well, yeah. Because so, after the first time we're like, yeah. it just PTSD is yeah. a great way to describe it. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I feel like I'm never going to feel the same walking into a doctor's office. Cause yeah. I felt like for lack of a better word, invincible, like I'm young, I'm 26, like I'm healthy. Mm-hmm. I run, everything's great. And then just like for that to happen, you're like, well, what else is wrong with me? Like, what yeah. else do I have going on yeah, like, that I don't know about ditching my side? What's wrong? Is it cancer? <laughs> oh my God. I, I like a dumb, dumb, um, shortly after my surgery, I started working out again. I felt really mm-hmm. good. And I love hit workouts and I, I jumped too quickly into it. And I gave myself a stress fracture. Oh my gosh. Usually, you know, they take parathyroid calcium levels. It affects yeah. it. And that's actually, you know, like the, the levo will actually be kind of like, um, that's like a side effect of taking that as well. So I gave myself a stress fracture and I was like, that's it. I have foot cancer, bone cancer, <laughs> cancer in my, my foot. That's it. But it's getting no, better. My mind works now. Like yeah. that's anything I'm like, oh <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. Oh man. How, um, how did your fiance, um, handle it? Um, how was the experience? I guess both him and your sister were kind of caretakers for you during this process. How, how did they do? How are they doing? Did you guys have like conversations about it? Did you, you know, communicate more or less, or have you talked about it? So (laughs) I remember when Luke came home from work, when I found out, cause he was at work. I wasn't at work at that point. We were completely out of the athletic training room, like at home. Mm-hmm. And he walked in the door and he was just like rambling about work and like talking about something that happened, and, like a 10 minute story. And I was like, uh-huh. And I'm like listening. I'm like, uh-huh. And I'm like, oh gosh, I have to tell him. And he stopped and he was like, Are you okay. And I was like, yes. He's like, what's wrong? And I said, <laughs> I remember saying, I need you to be a rational human being for a second because I needed him to be like composed. So I didn't lose it. Yeah. He was like, okay. And I told him and he had like a lot of questions, but he was like, all right. And he definitely was not okay, but put on a brave face because that's what I needed at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, acted very chill. I, we've, talked about it since and I guess was freaking out to everyone else but always in my presence he was like we got this we're good everything's fine Mm -hmm. and I know he was googling everything and anything that he could think of and freaking out but when he was with me he was amazing he was my rock he was awesome and yeah my sister I think had a really hard time when my dad was going through it Mm -hmm. and then my dad was just like kind of on the mend he's still not like 
cancer-free. We need to talk about that because I don't understand how we become cancer-free either, but it's weird. Like what counts? <laughs> I know, <Yeah. laughs> but um, she was just trying to keep me entertained and upbeat and just distracted and off Google. And she was amazing and was just trying to, there's nothing to do. We were in quarantine, like lots of walks with my dog, hanging out outside, but they were both just very strong for me, like in my presence. And I know they were having a hard time too, but they were amazing. Like for me when I needed them to be. That's amazing. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. How was your husband? I'm sure. Um, he put on the brave face. Yeah. He did a good job. Um, we didn't really, I don't think, cause kind of like you, it kind of happened fast. So mm-hmm. I don't even know if we really had a chance to really it, decompress or like unpack it. And, um, just like that, you know, like we're in out thyroid is out, you know, considered cancer-free, no, mm-hmm. no, no tumor markers. And, you know, I'm on the mend, but I guess we ne- just never really talked about like the impact that it had on both of us, especially him. Like he had to be brave and he had to, you know, like be my rock and all that stuff. And it, it hit him harder than I expected it to. And I don't know if it's just because like, you, we're, we're not as young as you, but like, we're, you know, young enough and healthy enough. It just, all of a sudden it's your mortality comes into play and it's just like, Oh my God, I'm not invincible. I'm not indestructible. And even mm-hmm. for having a healthy lifestyle, I still, I still got cancer. So, yeah. um, you know, we ended up talking about it probably about when we're in quarantine. We really had nothing else to do. So we, we were able to talk about it and, and decompress and, um, and, you know, like it's, it's definitely, we've come out stronger at the other side. And if this is the hardest thing that we've had to do, that's we're, we're doing pretty good. Yeah. So it's, it's really great to be able to have that, um, support system. Like my, my family lives in Arizona. It's a six hour drive. My parents were, or my mom was going to come out for my surgery, but you know, it's like, it's not a huge deal. It's no big deal. You don't need to come. And I totally regretted it because quarantine happened after that. And then I had, I hadn't seen my parents since like the fall. So yeah, up until November, I hadn't seen them for like over a year. So I was just like, ah, shit, I should have let my mom come. But um, yeah, I was, you know, ultimately able to see them and everything like that. But it's, it's just nice to have people that are in your corner and, you know, we'll, are rooting for you and will do anything to help in any way that they can help. So yeah, I think it's really great. So going back to what you said, like what counts as being cancer free? Cause I always thought that too. I'm like, is it like the day they take it out? I call, I call like February 5th, my cancer anniversary because that's when the cancer left. Yeah. But I think we're considered in remission at five years, correct? Yes. That's what that's, I heard. That's mm-hmm. what I read. Okay. Yeah. So it's just kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. And just like after the radioactive iodine, my thyroglobulin still wasn't like under one. Mm -hmm. So they're like, okay, like we'll monitor. I'm like, so there's still cancer, like hanging out. Like I'm confused. Shouldn't we do something about that? But they don't want to do obviously too much radiation because that can cause more cancer, Mm -hmm. but it's also not an aggressive enough type of cancer or anything like that for chemo or radiation at this point with yeah. where mine's at. But I'm like, so I'm just confused what the game plan is. <laughs> and then like, I don't know if I'm sure you've gotten on Instagram and just like follow the hashtag like thyroid cancer. Cause I just wanted to see like what everyone else was dealing with and like find other people. And it's, it's an awesome network on Instagram. I've met so many people with thyroid cancer. And then some people like have not claimed cancer free. Their doctor only tells them no evidence of disease. And I'm like, I'd love that too. Like, I just want someone to tell me like, Hey, we're moving in the right direction. It's kind of just makes me antsy when they're like, Oh yeah, we're, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how the next ultrasound, we'll see how the next scan. I'm like, I'm just, I have amazing doctors. I just think I don't completely understand thyroid cancer in its entirety. And I'm like, so what? I'd love to be cancer free now. Yeah. And there's just like so many levels of it, obviously the, the different types of thyroid cancer, but then also mm-hmm. like the different experiences that everybody had. Like for me, I, I feel so grateful that my experience was a quick and then B, I didn't have to do the radioactive iodine. Cause I did not want to do it. Like I was like, yeah. I not want to put this shit in my body, <laughs> but, um, if it's necessary, I guess I'll do it. But like, yeah. I just know how nasty radiation can be. Obviously it's mm-hmm. radioactive iodine. It's not full on radiation, but yeah. Like, I feel like I got off super easy because a, I had the easy cancer and B, I didn't have to do radiation. Mm-hmm. 
but then every, it's, everyone's like, still not getting off easy. You still have cancer, (laughs) (laughs) but it's just like, so weird. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But like for, for you, like you, you had to do the radioactive iodine and you're still kind of like up in the air and just so much uncertainty. Like they're still trying to monitor your thyroid globulin and make sure Mm -hmm. that you're not like hypo and everything's like on the up and up. And for you, I'm assuming you have to get blood work like every six weeks or a couple months, every couple months right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I was doing like every six weeks for a while until like my, um, TSH leveled out. And then now it's like, I don't know, like every three months or four months, I don't know, but he keeps pushing it back. So that's good. Like all the, the levels look good, but gotcha. do you have like, at this point, are you yearly scans just to make sure, or um, do you even think, have something scheduled? Yeah. I think the last one I did, Last one I did, he said we would have, we don't have to do another one for a year. So I think I'm pushing okay. up to a year now. Nice. So that's good. Yeah. yeah. Kind of crazy. So with your dad, is you said he's still kind of dealing with stuff. He's not considered cancer free yet. Yeah. His thyroglobulin at his last labs were, I think, four point something. Okay. And they've just, it was like at the point where, again, kind of like me, like they could just monitor for now and he still gets labs and scans and things. And they just don't want to do too much to cause like more problems in turn. It's at a point where it's controlled, like throughout the body, it's all now like localized in the neck, whatever's left, everything from the ribs gone. And they're just monitoring as well. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's, I, that's, that's the thing that I was like most concerned because obviously I Googled and seen all the, the different types of thyroid cancer. I was like, well, if it is cancer, like, I hope it's papillary. Like that's, yes, that's the easy of the easy ones. And then I'm looking mm-hmm. at like the, like other, like more extreme ones, like the, was it goes to is metastatic. And then there's like two more above that or is metastatic there's like towards that four different types. I think yeah. metastatic was like three and yeah. And then the fourth one is like, you could like, could really die from it. I'm like, Holy yeah, shit. you need all the chemo, which most yeah. people don't, you need yeah. all of that. So yeah. I was very, very happy to hear papillary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. So with the, like the, uh, your father having thyroid cancer and in, in yourself, it's not considered a genetic connection. Um, or is it, environmental could it be environmental do they know no okay we after I like thought about that appointment in the fall I was like are we sure it's not genetic like do we know because I feel like that's weird I think in my random google searches I found that a different type of thyroid cancer was genetic but papillary is not supposed to be okay but we both had his is metastatic papillary so Mm. it's both papillaries I'm just I don't know I feel like there's got to be some, but I don't know what environmental factor mm. would cause. Again, I'm not a doctor, but I don't know what environmental factor would cause thyroid cancer. I'm like, there's got to be some genetic, like, yeah. Um, I met someone on Instagram, Annie, and she and her brother were diagnosed in the same month. Wow. Yeah. Both with thyroid cancer. Mm-hmm. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. And that's why I ask about like environment because you know, after, after I graduated from grad school, I kind of went a little hippy dippy and started doing more research. And, you know, I I was seeing like more of a, like a natural path. And then I was, I was reading more books on like how your environment and everything affects your body. Oh, did you freeze? Oh, okay. How environment affects your body and everything like that. Because my, my natural path is like, you know, sometimes like where your mother, where you're gestating in your mother's womb can affect. And then like where you grow up and, you know, like, outside factors. If there's like uh, a lot of pollution near your area or the type of water you have or the type of cleaning agents that you use and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I was just wondering if like the doctors had suspected anything on that, on that end, but no, they didn't really get into it. They were like, Oh, that's weird. And I was yeah. Like, yeah that's super strange. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I feel like my, at first I was like, I don't want my, you know, I don't want to scar on my neck for the rest of my life. I don't want to have to take a pill for the rest of my life. You know, I, mm-hmm. I want, I want my thyroid. And then, you know, when it comes to cancer, I'm like, just get it out. Let's just get rid of it. Obviously yeah. they took the whole thing because it was smack dab in the middle. There were a couple other little um, nodules, but I don't think they came back with anything, mm-hmm. but you know, and then after the fact, my biggest fear, I don't know, 
for being an active person as well. Like my biggest fear was like the weight gain and, you know, like, would I become overweight or would Mm -hmm. I become fat? And like, I was just so afraid. And that's actually when I started looking for people on Instagram, I was looking for people like active people like, like us and, and seeing how they were doing post-thyroidectomy. And there's quite a few people who are doing just fine. And that, that put me at ease more. How has it been for you post-thyroidectomy? Like you said, you're a runner. Are you, are you still able to run? Do you still have like, are you competing enough energy and everything like that? Or have you noticed energy levels different? So in those like first couple months, just like the fatigue, i think I was also having like a little bit of a pity party or just like, Oh, you have cancer. You can like chill out today. You don't have to go work out. So <laughs> there was a couple months and I was like pretty much a couch potato, but I got back into it. Um, I'm part of a CrossFit gym and I'm back in there and I got back into running. I ran a marathon at the end of November. Um, awesome. and that was like six months post thyroidectomy. So I feel like that was yeah. a good marker. I feel like I'm, I'm okay. Um, much slower than my, like an hour slower than my fastest, but still finished. Um, and yeah, now I feel really good. Once the TSH was in balance, I feel like I'm back at my old activity level and endurance and stamina and everything. Um, it was, I was nervous for all that too. Like the, especially when I was hypo, I did gain a little bit of weight mm-hmm. and that just messes with my mind so much. It's stupid. I, we need to give ourselves some grace because we, we have cancer, but it still just messes yeah. with you when you're active and it's just a big part of my life. And I was like, I don't want to like get out of control. Like what if yeah. it's beyond my control? Cause you follow people in the thyroid cancer community. And when you're in that state of like hypo severe hypothyroidism, your body like will not let you not gain weight. So I was freaked out about that, Mm -hmm. but I've pretty much resumed my pre-thyroidectomy normal activity level. So I'm very grateful. That's awesome. I know people have a lot of, other people have had a much harder time doing so, but I feel pretty good. That's fantastic. As far as you with your stress fracture, are you back to, are you okay? (laughs) I gained gained weight with the stress fracture. (laughs) Luckily the gym, I work at a gym part-time and that since they were closed down, um, they're doing online, um, uh, classes. Mm-hmm. So, and I did a trade with the owner of the gym. So I took one of the, like the assault bikes, brought it home. So Perfect. as a trade for teaching like an hour a week, I got the assault bike. So that was helpful, but gained a little awesome. bit of weight from that, but I'm, I feel mm-hmm. I'm back. I feel so much better than I did a year ago plus, you know, so mm-hmm. what is, as far as lifting weights, um, I, t- I typically lift and I do Pilates and I, I feel, I feel like I'm stronger, like my body's bouncing back more and, you know, the energy, I feel good with my energy levels with work and everything like that. I would say mm-hmm. I would, my first couple months back to work, I was, I was dragging, but yeah, my boss was really cool about it. And he was just like, you know, do what you need to do. And, you know, like it's like embedded in me being a, you know, former athletic trainer is just like, I, I got to stay at work. I got to be here. You know, like I can't slack or anything like that. Like I'll, I'll be here for the full amount of hours. And he's like, yeah, you're not doing anybody any favors by <laughs> killing yourself right now. Just go home. I was like, cool. Okay. <laughs> so I definitely had to learn to listen to my body a little bit more. So I think that was yeah. a, a valuable lesson for me to learn mm-hmm. as far as lessons, like about your body and about cancer, cancer diagnosis, even your father's cancer diagnosis. Do you, do you have any, um, pieces of advice that you'd give the listeners as far as like what you've learned throughout this whole process? I think just like advocate for yourself. I don't think I should have just been like, oh, okay. When neither doctor looked at me and they were just like, oh, you don't need to be here. Like, I feel like deep down, I knew that I should have said something considering my dad and how my neck looked, but we're supposed to trust our doctors. So I was like, okay. But I think just if you have a feeling, pursue it. If you don't get an answer, like the kind of help you think you need, find someone else or push a little to see if that doctor will give you what you think you need to kind of eval. Like the least they could have done was order some labs and they just did nothing. So I think just. The least they could have done was look at your neck. Yeah. <laughs> Good so Lord. Advocate for yourself <laughs> yeah. and you know, your body pay attention. If something seems off, don't mm-hmm. wait. That had to have been growing in my neck for years. years. That did not come overnight with how 
big did that you, was. Did you go back? I did this. I went back in pictures and I could see it until like 2016. So it, yeah. obviously it was there before, but like it started to show in 2016 and that just goes to show how slow it grows and just becomes like normal for you. You're like, Oh, okay. It's supposed to be there. Yeah. So. But I went back and definitely found pictures from, yeah, I think it's looking at a picture of Christmas of like 2017. Mm. And there was like a prominent, like bulge. Yeah. And I've been with my fiance since 2013. And I was like, why didn't you say something? He's like, <laughs> I didn't notice. And I'm like, how did you not notice? I'm looking at these pictures. I'm like, that's the weirdest looking neck I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's just, I'm like, why didn't you say anything? And it's just, I don't know how I didn't notice, you know, it's yeah. just wild. Yeah. I remember like how it was last, not this past July, but 2019 July, like there are a couple of days. It was just hard for me to swallow. And I thought it was like an allergic reaction. Like I had tried a mushroom coffee instead of like real coffee. Yeah, like, Maybe I'm allergic to mushrooms or this type of mushroom. I don't know. And then it was gone in a couple of days, but I was like, I need to find a primary care physician. The insurance we had at the time was crap. Mm -hmm. And any physician I was trying to get into was months and months of waiting. So I was like, oh, forget it. I'll just wait until we switch insurances because it's going to mm -hmm. be easier to get in like once we switch. Yeah. And I did that. And then I had to wait a couple more months to get into an appointment. And that's ultimately I went in like end of November of 2019. And that my doctor wow. was like, have you ever been told your thyroid feels full? I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> Never. But maybe there's something there. And that's, that just set things in motion. So I definitely agree with you as advocating for yourself. And even if something seems like silly to ask a doctor, just ask him to do it. It doesn't mm -hmm. really doesn't put them out any, like you're not telling yeah. them what to do, but it's just like, Hey, this is weird. Can you just like feel it or look at it? Or can mm -hmm. I just get some blood tests? Like it, yeah, it costs I'll be the one paying for it. So yeah. please just have it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I definitely agree with you for advocating for yourself and obviously don't be a hypochondriac, but Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if, if something isn't right, you definitely need to, to talk to somebody about it or see somebody for it and just, you know, get it out of the way. For sure. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So any, any other advice, anything else that you would like to add? I think just let people help you. You like, we have amazing people in our life that mm -hmm. want to help and want to do anything they can. Like I had my sister here, but I'd only been working with some of my coworkers and friends for like not even a year, but they just absolutely rallied around me and just were constantly reaching out and like, what do you need? Like, what can I do? And just, uh, there's people that'll help you in any way you need. So I always love to be very self-sufficient and be like, oh, I got this. I can do it. But like, it's okay to ask for help or just let people help you if they're offering. People are incredible. And you don't have to be so strong all the time. Some other of your friends and family can pick up the slack a little and yeah. that's what they're there for. And it's, I, I just had the best people in my life and I didn't need cancer for me to realize that, but just like looking back yeah. at the initial diagnosis, surgery, all that, like everyone was absolutely incredible. So even if you want to be strong, let people help you. Yeah. That's, that's great advice. And it's, and it is okay to be vulnerable and, and to allow people to help you. I know it's sometimes it's hard and you want to be stubborn and be strong and be able to do everything, but you know, it's, it's, it's really nice to know that you have people around you that want to help and that are there to step up and, and rally around you. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's definitely good to let people help you. I think that's yeah. a really, really great takeaway. Well, um, Becca, did you have anything else? I, I, I really enjoyed chatting with you today and I just like probably about five minutes into our conversation, I realized you're in the athletic training room doing this. So thank you for like hopping <laughs> on right after work. I'm looking in the background. I'm like, that's yes. an athletic training room. Yes. This is my office. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. So thank you for having me. Um, it's really great to talk to someone else with thyroid cancer and just through your experiences and I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad that everything looks good prognosis wise for you. And it was so nice meeting you. So many things in common. So cool that you're wearing. I know. <laughs> I know. It's just like full circle for, for everybody yeah. listening. Uh, my, my background's in sports medicine and like back in the day, I was an athletic trainer and Becca reached out to me and she was saying she was an athletic trainer. I was like, shut up. We have the same <laughs> kind of cancer and we're both athletic trainers, but I'm, I'm, I'm so far removed and you're, you're still in it. And, and 
doing fucking the Lord's work. Seriously. (laughs) An athletic trainer is no joke. It's, it's a lot of, it's time intensive, labor intensive, and it can be stressful. So for you to be able to bounce back and, you know, get up and get back to work post thyroid cancer and, and feel good. I think that's so amazing that, you know, you're just back in, back in it and doing what you love. Thank you. Yes. It's a grind, but I love my job. It's Good. the best. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm so glad, but yeah, keep us posted on how you're doing with it, with all of your scans, with your ultrasounds, your blood work, hopefully uh, the thyroid globulin and the TSH will continue to go down and they can give you a little bit more of a definitive answer. <laughs> yes. Been a- like cancer-free. Yeah. Yeah. No no signs, no markers, no nothing. (laughs) You're good. Yes. I would love that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just keep us posted. And if, if you need anything, please feel free to reach out. Um, and anybody out there listening, if you'd like to connect with Becca, I could definitely, um, connect you guys. So it's just nice to have a little bit of a cancer community around you too. It's very nice talking to people that have been through it or are going through it. And I'm happy to reassure anyone that's currently going through it. So definitely reach out. That would be wonderful. Well, thank you so much. You enjoy the rest of your evening and get some rest and um, uh, congratulations on your engagement. And I saw that you postponed it till next year, but best of luck on planning and, and getting officially married. Thank you. Happy anniversary. I'm very happy for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> it. All right. Well, take care. We'll talk soon and have a wonderful evening. Sounds good. Have a good night. All right. Bye now. Thank you again, Becca, for joining me on my cancer story podcast and for sharing your cancer story here. I look forward to keeping up with you and hearing how your progress is going. Also, thank you again, everyone who has been listening over the past nine months or so to my cancer story podcast. It means the world to me that you have been here every step of the way and listening to each individual story and sharing this experience with me. I can't believe it's been a full year since my thyroidectomy. Um, it's been a whirlwind, but I'm, I'm so grateful for everyone out there, uh, friends and family, my support system and the cancer community. Everyone is so wonderful and I feel so welcome to be here with you and to be able to share all these stories with you. So please feel free to reach out if you'd like to share your cancer story or tell somebody else's cancer story. You can email me at mycancerstorypodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at my cancer story podcast. Thank you guys again. It means the world to me that you're here and keep listening. We have some really great episodes coming up. You can listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and literally everywhere. So thank you and have a wonderful rest of your week. Brand new episode is on Monday. <laughs>